Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Doug McIntyre in for John and Ken here on KFI AM640. More stimulating talk radio. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm here until 4 o'clock when uh, Tim Conway Jr. comes along. We've got a lot to talk about this hour. Janet Yellen is not tripping on mushrooms. We'll tell you about that. Uh, Japan about to flush uh, nuclear uh, waste into the ocean. We've got that story as well. And uh, plenty more to get into, including this is what we've come to. Uh, I want to get back to that uh, wilding story, the uh, mob robbery of the uh, department stores that we've seen so much of. But obviously the big story, we're uh, doing some cleanup operations after Tropical Storm Hillary, especially in places like the San Bernardino Mountains and Palm Springs. Fortunately, the vast majority of us got through it with minor inconvenience at the most. For the most part, at my house, it was kind of a pleasant rainy day, a good day for lounging around and watching the Mets lose, which is how I spent my day. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm a Met fan, so I'm stuck with that. That's my cross to bear. I got the Dodgers right here. Got the Dodgers. You know, great team. They keep winning. 
year in, year out. I could go down to Anaheim and they wouldn't necessarily win, but you got Mike Trout, you got Shohei Otani, the best show in baseball. No, I got to watch the Mets. And that's on me. It really is. <laughs> got no one to blame that on. Anyway, so uh, we've got all these things to get into. We will. But I saw this story and we just can't. Uh, not talk about this because, as you know, this country is losing more people a year to overdose from from opioids than we lost in 10 years in Vietnam. Every year this is happening. And somehow we're not screaming from the rafters about this 24 seven. And one of the in my opinion, when I emphasize it's my opinion, because what do I know? I just know what I've seen. Uh, one of the most culpable parties in this is the Sackler family, this family that owns Purdue Pharma. Uh, and they're the ones that shoved out Oxycontin and all of these uh, unbelievably uh, addictive and abusive drugs. They serve a purpose uh, for pain remediation and surgery in certain circumstances, but they will market them like they were Pez, like they were just candy. Uh, and uh, they've been sued. They got a $6 billion uh, judgment against them. But now the Supreme Court has weighed in, agreeing with the Department of Justice to put a, hit the, the brakes on a deal that would have shielded members of the Sackler family from civil opioid lawsuits. Uh, and to analyze this for us is the best in the business, as far as I'm concerned, ABC legal analyst Royal Oaks. Royal, how are you? And doing great, Doug. Yeah, it, it really is getting a lot of attention because, as you said, I mean, when the opioid overdose crisis hit, I think now like 100,000 people a year die. You know, inquiring minds wanted to know, well, what's the cause? And a bunch of enterprising plaintiff's lawyers came up with a theory that companies selling the pills, they were lying to doctors and patients about how addictive this stuff was. And, of course, the biggest company was Purdue Pharma, run by the Sackler family. So next thing you know, class actions are filed, billions in damages are sought, and about $50 billion in settlements were paid. But the suits kept coming, so Purdue did the honorable thing. They filed for bankruptcy. So when a company goes BK and has a bunch of suits against it, a fight always erupts. The company's lawyers say, well, bankruptcy means most of the suits have to go away or you get a few cents in the dollar. But the lawyers for the folks suing say, no, you didn't uh, give us proper relief. If your conduct was fraudulent, then you don't even get relief from bankruptcy. But because nobody likes to go to trial, even in bankruptcy court, the settlement talks broke out and sure enough, Purdue settled. And part of the deal was a clause that said, oh, about that Sackler family. They're worth $11 billion, by the way, Doug. They will kick in another $6 billion to help pay the claims filed against their company, Purdue. And under the deal, the Sacklers will give up control of the company. Probably have plans to go into the napalm business or something like that. So now the settlement deal has to be approved by the court. And uh, to make sure it's not a sweetheart deal for the company, leaving the victims with little money. Sure enough, the trial court and the Second Circuit Court of Appeal said, yeah, that looks like a good deal. But uh, kind of like, you know, the Hunter Biden plea deal, the judge poked around and said, hey, what about this? The U.S. Supreme Court has now said, yeah, what about this? Is this really a fair deal? The Sackler family, they didn't file for bankruptcy, and yet they're getting immunity from other suits because they're kicking in $6 billion. That's what the Supreme Court is scratching its head about and saying, you know, we'd like to take a closer look. They only take 1% of the cases presented to them each year, but this is uh, one of the cases they took. This story uh, has intrigued me and baffled me since it first showed up on the uh, radar screen because they've made movies, books have been written, documentaries have been made. Uh, obviously, uh, thousands. Yeah, the Michael of, Keaton movie was great. Fabulous. And thousands. And I know it's a, it's a dramatic feature, but it's based on true events. And the, nobody's gone to jail. And you used the word fraudulent earlier. Uh, and uh, I'm not a lawyer, but maybe you can walk us through the thicket on this. 
how is it that nobody's gone to jail on this? How is it, you know, when you look at how, you know, criminal negligence, all these terms that are floating through my head, and because I'm not a lawyer, I don't want to apply them erroneously, but it seems to me that this case screams for these people, you know, and again, this is an opinion, but there's mass murder here. This is mass murder. Yeah, you're right. And in a few cases, occasionally corporate actors will get charged and, and wind up going to jail. In general, I think that the reason that doesn't happen is that prosecutors look at a big deal situation like this and they say to themselves, yeah, we could get a couple of, of fish, you know, the CEO or the executive VP or whatever. But we really want to take the company down because that's where the maximum assets are, all the insurance coverage. Because if you if you call out of the herd, a few individuals sometimes, you know, they don't have money, they don't have insurance coverage. So I think it's just pragmatism. The people who are suing and the big time lawyers who know they're going to get hundreds of millions of dollars, they're cut. Uh, they say to themselves and to the court, the real bad guys are, well, it's the company that did these terrible things. And I think that's why they'll sue individuals, but they know it's a tough putt to try to uh, go criminally against individuals. It, it does happen, but I, I think it's really a matter of kind of laziness by the prosecutors. They know that they can get a, a notch on their on their gun belt uh, if they take down some big companies. And really, it's all about the blockbuster numbers, you know, the $50 billion in settlement. Well, I, I, I get it. Out of the family. Royal, I get it. I mean, we saw this when uh, when the city of L.A., when Mike Fuhrer was uh, suing Wells Fargo over the fraudulent accounts that they opened up and they got some big right. judgment against them. By the way, that money didn't go to the, the people who were offended. I mean, uh, there was some big settlement check, but the city of LA for some reason ended up with the bulk of that money, as I understand it, as opposed to the actual people who were, who were injured by that policy. But in this case, uh, you know, you want to hit the company, but the bottom line is if you want to stop this behavior, if you want to stop bad actors in three-piece suits, in Brooks Brothers suits, put a couple of them in jail. If these guys, you know, are on the boardroom while they're coming up with these horrific, murderous, homicidal schemes to get people hopelessly addicted to drugs while incentivizing, you know, uh, bonuses and, and incentive trips for salesmen for pushing pills on doctors and even sending the doctors to Cancun and other vacation paradises for over-prescribing pills. You put a couple of these guys in jail and maybe they think twice before they did that. Yeah, you'd think that would send a message. I, you know, I think what's happening is that, unfortunately, you're approach you're, you're looking at the morality of it uh it, it's not it's not top of mind like for the supreme court or or for the prosecutors the prosecutors you know they know if they put a couple of guys behind bars that, that's going to be nice but that doesn't you know get them all the plaudits that's not going to put billions in the pockets of of individuals and i think the prosecutors want to be the heroes and similarly the supreme court here by taking up this case Unfortunately, they're not focusing on the thing that you're looking at. They're looking at kind of an inside baseball question, which is, okay, when a company like Purdue Pharma goes bankrupt and they get immunity from suits per a deal, what about the owners of the company, the individuals who are not technically parties to the bankruptcy? Now, Supreme Court may just think, well, the money being given to the victims isn't enough. Oral argument, by the way, is going to be in December this year. So we'll get a decision out of the court, of course, by June before they all say to each other, you know, have a bitch in summer and they disappear for three months. But the fact the Supreme Court took this up, it's sending shivers down the spine of a bunch of other high profile defendants like Johnson and Johnson. They had 40,000 suits uh, since the last two or three years uh, when they filed for bankruptcy. The same kinds of arguments that the talcum, you know, had, had uh, dangerous components in it. 
in terms of the family issue, you know, if the family isn't in bankruptcy court, Supreme Court may say they're just not entitled to protection. They'll probably the family will probably say, well, we ran the company, we're kicking in six billion. So if you want a victim to get a lot of money now instead of having to sue the family members, may, maybe get more money years down the road. Why don't you give us the green light on the settlement? Those are the arguments that are going to be presented to the high court. Well, I know, all I know is that, and this isn't a legal argument, it's just an observation. Back when Rudy Giuliani, before he lost his mind, when Rudy Giuliani was going after the mob, uh, he was putting guys in jail. And that was a really good way of busting up the crime families. And and, yeah. and if you want to stop these kind of corporate uh, crimes, uh, putting some of these people who are vacationing, uh, you know, in Stott, Switzerland, and then spending the summers in the Mediterranean on a yacht with helicopters flying them off and on the decks... Uh, a couple years in the Gray Bar Hotel would go a long way towards solving that problem, in my opinion. A. Royal, as always, thanks so much. ABC News legal analyst Royal Oaks, the best in the business. This is what we've come to, is a quote of note after that um, uh, mob ransacked, well, multiple uh, department stores just running out with arms full of goods. We'll talk about that. We'll update you on the very latest. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Ladies and gentlemen, we got lots to talk about next hour. Is your starter home going to be your finisher home? And that is assuming you can get into a starter home. We've got real estate expert Stephen Spear is going to join us to talk about that. Obviously, the very latest on all the breaking news related to the aftermath of Tropical Storm Hillary, which for the most part... Um, really was just a heavy rain, which is a great thing. Not for everybody, obviously. Palm Springs, uh, San Bernardino, there's, uh, you know, localized flooding issues that are very real, very profound. And like I said uh, at the top of the show today, that it's very possible, especially in Southern California, where we have such topography that, for instance, I live in the West Valley. And if you live in Santa Monica and I'm in the West Valley, we're not having the same day ever. I mean, it's like 40 degrees hotter. I live in a brick kiln a tandoori oven, and other people are like putting on sweaters. So that's not uncommon anyway, because the mountains that we live amongst break up storms, et cetera, et cetera. So it's entirely possible for you to go through a big storm like this with minimal, if any, inconvenience whatsoever, and someone else is having the worst day of their life. Uh, so we're going to continue to cover it for those of you who are un unfortunately having the worst days of your lives uh, because of this big storm. Uh, all right. Uh, meanwhile, I wanted to get I saw this story. It's it's just anytime you see a, a, a politician have to talk about they're not tripping. Uh, it's worth reporting. But apparently Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen ate a magic mushroom on a recent trip to Beijing. And uh, she says she was not having a hallucinogenic experience. Uh, she had a mushroom experience that set off social media frenzy and dramatically boosted business for a Yunnan restaurant chain where Yellen ate the local uh, delicacy. There were, quote, delicious mushroom dish. There was a delicious mushroom dish. I was not aware that the mushrooms had hallucinogenic properties, said Yellen in a CNN interview. And she said uh, she had read that if the mushrooms are cooked properly, which I'm sure they were at this very good restaurant, then they have no impact. But all of us enjoyed the mushrooms, the restaurant, and none of us felt any ill effects from having eaten them. Now, by the way, people are into hallucinogenic mushrooms. Don't consider that an ill effect. That's the whole reason for eating them. By the way, that's one drug I could never use because I can't stand mushrooms. I pick them out of all my food. I am the pickiest eater in the world, by the way. Pickier than me? Yeah. 
Yeah, pickier than John Cobalt. How about that? Oh, that's, are you serious? I, I, yeah, it's really pretty bad. It's really pretty bad. Wow. I, I was at Mendocino Farms this morning for a breakfast burrito, and I told him by the time I was done telling him what to leave out, there was nothing in it. So you just had the tortilla? It was a tortilla in air. <laughs> <laughs> and they screwed up. They left the peppers in there. Look at Oh, me. no. Look, I, I am Diablo Blanco. I can't eat these peppers. So you couldn't have you in the hospital. Anyway, so she's not hallucinating, although I'm sure there's a lot of people in the financial world who think she is hallucinating. At least that would be an excuse. All right, so... I know that this story, we have fast news cycles. I was out of town for a week when this happened, but it was it got a lot of play. Uh, the Nordstrom's out in Woodland Hills, uh, Canoga Park, the smash and grab. And there's been so many of these things. This is pretty close to where I live. I've been in that Nordstrom's once or twice, wandered around aimlessly like every husband looking for something for my wife. I had no idea what I was doing there. Uh, and then I went home and I ordered online. So I'm an American. But I have been in that Nordstrom's, and this is not the first time that this Nordstrom was hit. But this is the reason I'm bringing this up again, because there was a quote uh, in the L.A. Times over the story that I think really is definitive and something that we need some national introspection on, because this isn't just here. LAPD Commander Giselle Espinoza said, the most disheartening thing here is that this is what we've come to here in L.A. And that's the headline. This is what we've come to. And boy, that really summarizes so much of what's happened in modern America in terms of the political rancor, in terms of the anger, in terms of the indifference to other people's suffering, which, by the way, kind of brings us back to Hillary. You know, if you live in a place like I do that had no inconvenience, essentially, from the storm, it's easy to bypass those people are suffering. And that's globally. I mean, you know, Maui had this terrible fire. We identify with that because we've had these terrible fires in Southern California, right in California. Meanwhile, Spain's on fire. Greece is on fire. These things are happening all over the world. And it's devastating for the people. But it's easy when it doesn't affect you to just yawn and turn the page. So now, look, you can't be wearing ashes and sackcloth over every bad thing that happens in the world. And in the digital era, we have videotape of things that happen all the time for all of human history. And we never know about it. Hence the term ignorance is bliss. But the, 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 that's, that's the reality. The reality is, is that this is what we've come to is accepting homelessness. We all talk about this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. School shooting. This is unacceptable. And yet we accept it because it keeps happening over and over and over again. And our politics paralyzes us from doing anything that is unacceptable. Doing anything about these things that are unacceptable. That human beings are living in squalor on the streets, and then we're living with it. We got to live with poop, and 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 people setting fires to businesses every day, and these gangs being brazen enough to just use social media to organize a stampede through a store and steal hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff, and yawn. We turn the page. This is what we have, what it has come to, not just in L.A., in a lot of places. Let's find out what, what has happened. What else has we have come to?
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Cristina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Doug McIntyre in for John and Ken Conway at four o'clock. 
We got a lot coming up. Uh, we're going to flush the ocean with uh, nuclear waste from the Daiichi uh, atomic plant in Japan. We'll talk about that in just a bit. But uh, I went to the bank this morning. I had I actually went in the bank. I never do that. I haven't been in the bank, and I can't remember when. I had to deposit some stuff. I didn't know how to do anything. All my cards were out of whack. They were expired. So I'm in there, and this young woman walks in front of the line, and I was just getting ready to yell at her because I thought she was cutting the line because I'm always suspicious everybody's going to cut the line. And then two seconds later, she goes behind the glass, and she opens one of the teller cages, and I end up making the deposit with her. And she was so casually dressed and casually here. Uh, if you break out your polite to actual language dictionary and you look up casual, I mean sloppily. She's dressed like me. She could have worked at a radio station the way she was dressed. And Deborah, you know what that means. I do. Okay. So uh, she was dressed like a slob. But she, by the way, very nice and very helpful. Perfectly professional. But it struck me that this is not something that would have happened in a bank pre-COVID. Uh, and, and it got me thinking about all of the things that have changed that would be very, very hard to explain to my father. Or and my grandfather, if my grandfather who died in 1967 were to come back to life, he would not recognize Earth. <laughs> he just wouldn't. Because I remember my, a bunch of years ago, we fell into that, you know, we're going to refi. Oh, the interest rates, we're going to refi. We ended up refiing at a bank cubicle that was in a grocery store. I can't remember, was it an Albertsons or a Gelson's or something? But my wife and I are sitting in a grocery store refinancing the house, you know, because the banks used to be these giant monoliths, these big buildings in the town square that like churches and banks, they had to have architecture that showed stolidity and, and, and you know, longevity. Uh, the other day I was in Santa Monica. I drove past a New Balance store and the New Balance store clearly was once a bank. Because there's no way New Balance built that thing. You know, it's got marble all over right on Wilshire Boulevard. It's this beautiful curved building selling sneakers. And at one point, you know, that's where, you know, that, that guy with the monocle from, uh, from the Monopoly game was going in to make deposits. And we don't care anymore. We're just casual. My grandfather would never understand this. He wouldn't understand a grocery store that has a sushi bar. Amazon took over a bank in the West Valley. Right. It's just we we have just we have just made everything so casual, so casual to be unrecognizable. And then here's something else. Here's a story that I saw again in the L.A. Daily News. You know, uh, L.A. has a Daily News. The L.A. Daily News has a sports section, by the way, with box scores and standings, the whole thing every day, independent, freestanding sports section. L.A. Times doesn't have that. anymore. I know. And by the way, the L.A. Daily News has my column. So does the Orange County Register. Every Sunday, just not that I'm, you know, encouraging you to get the L.A. Daily News. I'm just saying. All right. But I saw this article in the L.A. Daily News about this guy. His name is Stoney, Matt Stoney, S-T-O-N-I-E. And he's a competitive eater. He's one of those guys like Joey Chestnut. In fact, he defeated Joey Chestnut in those hot dog eating contests a couple of times. Uh, he's in he's on the major league eating uh, circuit. In past competitions, he has competed in the Twinkie category, poutine, and gyros. Uh, and once he ate 20 pounds of pumpkin pie, a 54-inch pizza, and a 14-pound burger. That Ooh. is ridiculous. It's grotesque. Now, uh, again, I put this into the category of being unable to explain this to previous generations. I could not explain this. 
any more than I could explain that I refinanced my house in a grocery store. <laughs> People are picking up paper towels, toilet paper, a can of green beans, oh, and a 3.4% 15-year guaranteed mortgage. Uh, and uh, this is, now here's where it's really weird. And I suppose this was inevitable in the age of reality television and influencers who are stars. And they are stars. They're superstars. They're getting, in some cases, literally hundreds of millions of views on YouTube and other social media platforms, which is something I could only dream of. Are you kidding? So competitive eater YouTube star Matt Stoney is going to attempt the 3K Mega Dog Challenge where he'll try to consume a 3,000-calorie hot dog in under 10 minutes at the 909 Sports Bar and Restaurant at the Yamava Resort and Casino in Highland. This happened over the weekend. All right. So, and now, by the way, I also love the fact that this is an entertainment feature, that the casinos are booking this as an entertainment event. Forget about Tony Bennett and people singing. Forget about, you know, <laughs> you know the people who are playing the casino circuit. Jim Gaffigan in the showroom? No. A guy's going to come in and eat a giant hot dog. Stoney is inviting the public to eat the 22-inch dog with crisp pork belly and barbecue pulled pork topped with cheddar cheese sauce, barbecue sauce, pickled jalapeno peppers, thinly sliced red onion, green jalapeno sauce, and white creme sauce. And you eat it side by side with them. And if, like Stoney, you can knock this thing back within 10 minutes, this is what you get besides, you know, your stomach pumped. You get $300 of free play in the casino, a photo in the Mega Dog Hall of Fame, a T-shirt, Triple X undoubtedly, and their name on a trophy inside the 909. It costs $30 to enter the contest. Now, again, this was written and published before the actual event, so I don't know how the amateurs did. But the professional is involved. And by the way, he says he was inspired to get into competitive eating watching the Travel Channel's uh, reality show called Man vs. Food, where hosts went around the world eating in restaurants that had gigantic portions. What happened to starvation? What happened to people, you know, you know, collecting pennies for UNICEF to feed the starving people in Biafra and other places around the world? And by the way, there still is starvation in the world, but most of that is politically induced. Most of that is because of warfare and other state-sponsored famines as a political weapon, which is should be war crimes, right? To deliberately starve a population to death. But the problem globally now is obesity. And we've turned it into a sport, into an entertainment spectacle that people would go up to the Yamava Casino and say 17 red, and by the way, I think I could beat the guy eating a 3,000-calorie hot dog. Here's my $30. I hope I win the T-shirt. But, Deborah, you know what the first question I had when I saw this story? What is that? I wonder what radio station he works for. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's ever seen a challenge down. I've what? seen a rugby scrum over a Tic Tac ground into the carpet in the hallways at KFI. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Doug? I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. As a political weapon, which is should be war crimes, right? To deliberately starve a population to death. But the problem globally now is obesity. And we've turned it into a sport, into an entertainment spectacle. That people would go up to the Yamava Casino and say, 17 red. And by the way, I think I could beat the guy eating a 3,000 calorie hot dog. Here's my $30. I hope I win the T-shirt. 
But Deborah, you know what the first question I had when I saw this story? What is that? I wonder what radio station he works for. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's ever seen a challenge down. I've what? seen a rugby scrum over a Tic Tac ground into the carpet in the hallways at KFI. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Doug? I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Update you, obviously, on any uh, changing events in the uh, in the aftermath of Tropical Storm Hillary. There are many areas around us that uh, took a real wallop, especially Palm Springs, the San Bernardino Mountains areas, and all those areas that experienced burns. So while most of us mercifully got through it with very little, if any, inconvenience or damage, there's a lot of people who are... Uh, digging out in the truest sense. So we'll get into all of that. President Biden on his way to Maui, uh, visiting the folks over there who went through that horrific fire and uh, something that we've had far too much experience with here in California. And this is probably just the way the world is going to be for the rest of uh, the foreseeable future. The fires are burning in Spain, up in Washington, in the state of Washington, up in uh, Canada. Uh, they've been burning for months and months. Uh, Greece. So these wildfires are going all over the globe now. It's a real problem. And speaking of all over the globe, we remember when that horrific earthquake happened in Japan and it breached one of the reactors at uh, the Daiichi nuclear plant in Japan. I, I was doing an overnight radio show when that happened. And uh, because of the incredible Internet, I had a guy who was listening over the Internet in Okinawa, Japan, and he called in from Okinawa, and he spoke fluent Japanese, and he told me that the nuclear plant had been breached about five hours before the story broke in the rest of the United States because he was watching a local newscast uh, when everybody else was sound asleep. It was the middle of the night, obviously. That was an amazing, astonishing, and horrific night. You're literally watching people die on live television because it was afternoon drive. They had traffic helicopters up as the waves came across. Well, that story, the long tail of that story, besides the thousands and thousands of people who lost their lives in the event, uh, stays with us. The Japanese Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, he visited the uh, Fukushima nuclear plant yesterday and said that the release of the radioactive wastewater into the Pacific Ocean cannot be postponed. They won't tell us when they're actually doing it because of protests, which have held it up. But because of they've got this uh, nuclear wastewater in the containment facilities and they've got no place to put it and they got to make room for new wastewater, which is being produced by the still active reactors. So they got to dump in the ocean and they say, oh, it's been treated. It's been treated. It's safe. But... They said it's safe, but the Japanese government will do its utmost to support fishing communities from the potential impact of damaging rumors during the decades-long project. Now, let's put it this way. The confidence in government statements and reassurances that this is perfectly safe. Don't worry about the drinking water in Flint, Michigan. It's perfectly safe. We can spray malathion over your community, and it's okay. Whatever it is. X percentage of the population was going to disbelieve it. And that was before what we got going on now with social media, where every rumor is fueled, where people are posting memes of sharks on the 405 during Tropical Storm Hillary. And there are certain people who are going to believe that that's true. So the treated water discharge, quote, by no means can be postponed for the decommissioning and Fukushima's recovery, said uh, the prime minister of Japan. Now, the big question here is, 
When are we going to, as a people, realize that you can't use the oceans as a toilet? That it can't. We've all had this. We've all been, what guy, by the way, what husband and or male in a household has not ended up with the bacon grease in an empty bean can and waited for the wife or the girlfriend to leave the kitchen and then quickly dumped it down the drain? <laughs> Because <laughs> we didn't know what to do with it, right? We've all done that. Or you're cleaning out the garage. The city's always dealing with this. You're cleaning out the garage and someone's got like old buckets of paint or a half a, ga a half a gallon of gasoline that's, you know, been sitting there for 14 years and you don't know what to do with it. And you wait until the neighbors are on vacation and you go out to the storm drain. Don't do that because it goes right into the ocean. It goes into the groundwater and we're poisoning ourselves. Between the plastic. But Japan's going to dump this. There's no way we're going to be. And by the way, this is comes just a few days after uh, Prime Minister uh, Kishida was with uh, President uh, Biden at Camp David. And undoubtedly, he told him, look, we're going to dump this nuclear waste into the Pacific Ocean because we got no place to put it. And we got to make room for more nuclear waste. So it's going in the ocean. Uh, and if we end up with five-headed fish that glow in the dark, so be it. Your sushi... You may be able to find it in a refrigerator real easy in a couple of months. Uh, you won't need the light bulb in the refrigerator. The sushi will light the refrigerator up. Anyway, this is what's going on in the world. What, Deborah? I can I, see. I, you know, I don't have to worry about that because I don't eat sushi. So I, I, I'm safe. Well, I eat California rolls, which are not sushi. Uh, I eat vegetable rolls, which are not sushi, but California rolls, don't they have, isn't there crab? There, there, there? There's not, that's imitation crab. That's that's basically a clam that says, I do a great crab. Here, watch me. <laughs> okay. You know, right. What is imitation crab? That's made in a factory place. There's no actual fish in that. Really? Yeah. Okay. That comes out, you know, all those fish, that goldfish that get flushed down the toilet, that's what the imitation crab is. <laughs> that's disgusting. I know. Most things I eat are. <laughs> My diet consists principally of peanut butter and things that come on squares of cardboard that are shrink-wrapped and have cream filling and no expiration date. All right, I'm not going to make fun of John Cobalt anymore, Doug, because oh, just you have taken the cake. Well, I, well, cake is good, as long as it's not carrot cake, because that sounds like a vegetable. Do you like frosting? I, I would just eat the frosting. Me too. I don't need the cake. I don't need the cake either. No, okay, cake, we have something in common. Cake, cake, cake is just a delivery system. It's a waste of calories. Yeah. All right. Uh, we got another hour to go, folks. We're going to talk about, uh, we'll, we're going to talk with Jason Nathanson, update you on a tropical storm. Hillary, we're also going to talk about uh, kids skipping school. And Steven Spear is going to be here to talk about starter homes becoming your finisher home. And that is if you are lucky enough to get a starter home. Let's go check in with Deborah Mark. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.